This is Ayani. And this is Corinne. And you're listening to Sex, Love, Literature, a pop culture podcast where we take a semi-scholarly look at why and how the sex stuff in media matters. In this episode, we continue our deep dive into the Chinese drama Love Between Fairy and Devil, but this time with spoilers. We cover the show's multifaceted depictions of love, the scenes that made us cry, and a spicy take about the show's finale. If you also can't get enough of Fairy Orchid, Dongfang Jinsong, or the absolute himbo gold that is Stupid Black Dragon, let us know on Twitter and Instagram at sexlovelit. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your other favorite podcast platforms. All right, let's go. Hello, and welcome back to Sex Love Literature. In this episode, uh, we are continuing our discussion of Love Between Fairy and Devil. If you would like to reference our sort of character rundown or introduction of the show, please reference part one. This is part two, so we're going to dive right in with the spoilers. So, Spoilers, they're coming. What is your spoilery reaction, Ayani? Oh my gosh, the show was really good. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. To be 100% honest, at first I was not sure that I was going to get into it the way that I did. Um, I was kind of giving it a chance because you liked it so much. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, Corinne says it's good. I do trust her judgment. She didn't steer me wrong with a whole bunch of other things. So I'm going to give this a watch. The first, like, nine episodes, I was kind of like, okay, we'll see how this goes. But once the ride picks up and, like, (laughs) shit starts going down – it's really good. It's really good. It kind of takes you on a roller coaster. We go through all of these different realms. There's all these different movements. Um, and then, like, <sighs> they tricked me <laughs> at the end. So so one of the things I really liked about the show, um, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about the actual breakdown of, like, the, the kind of movements of the plot. Um, but one of the things that I hope we have a second to talk about is how they kind of bait and switch us with mm-hmm. the end of the romance, right? Because in a lot of stories, and I'm not saying that this has to be the way things end, right? Um, but once you have a marriage coming up, once people are getting married, that's pretty much how you wrap things up. But mm-hmm. when our two heroes are like, we're going to get married and we love each other, that's when it takes like the turn for the most heartbreaking. I, ugh, I cried so much. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're gonna get into that. We're gonna break it down. But that's kind of like my spoiler filled reaction. I think I really loved it. I really enjoyed the characters. Um, there are some things that now thinking back on it, I'm like, wait, they never explained that. Wait, they never wrapped that up. But. I think the emotional core of it is so strong that like it makes it worth watching and worth going on the ride for. What about you? What is your spoiler-filled reaction? Yeah, so I really love the way that Orchid and Dongfang Song's relationship develops over the course of the drama, which mm-hmm. is not super spoilery, but particularly the way that they sort of sacrifice equal amounts for each Mm, other mm -hmm. and by the end of their relationship they start out about as unequal as you can be Mm, uh, mm -hmm, when it comes mm -hmm. to power when it comes to experience even when it comes to emotional experience orchid is much orchid has much more i I mean she has emotions and dong fan chin song doesn't no he Uh, does not but like they become very much equals by the end of the drama in a Mm -hmm, way mm -hmm. I think is very, very skillfully done. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some interesting things happening here with power and power differentials um, and playing with people being on similar or different levels. So why don't we go ahead and give a rundown of just the story, the plot, because I feel like as we're moving through conversation, we're going to be moving through kind of um, different parts of the story, different relationships, different characters, but having some grounding points can be helpful Mm -hmm. for the conversation. All right. So let's start by thinking about, now that we can talk about spoilers, (laughs) the story structure of Love Between Fairy and Devil. So this wasn't super evident to me the first time I saw it, except like that I knew that things dialed up to 11 in episode Mm 9. But 
the show had, and this was pretty clear to me on my second watch, the show has a pretty clear division into about five parts that I have now in my head decided to think about as acts, as if this is a play. <laughs> that is such an English major thing to do. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, and I think it's, I think part of the reason that I'm thinking about it this way is because I'm used to thinking of K-dramas in like a four-act structure because they're divided. Oh, interesting. Because they're divided into 16 episodes that are pretty clearly like four, 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 and four. And mm. because Chinese dramas have a much they can be many, many more episodes. Like my favorite one is 73 episodes. Jesus. So many episodes. <laughs> um, and I, I'm talking about the story of Minglan for anyone who also loves Chinese dramas. Uh, but they, they're they just longer stories. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think it's it can be easy to get lost and be like, oh, it just lasts forever. But that's mm. not actually the case. So like with Love Between Fairy and Devil, I wanted to take us a quick second to think about the story structure of the show. Okay, so I'm going to burn through these really quickly. The first act is like episode one through nine. This takes place in the fairy realm. We meet our main love interests. They get to know each other. And then they, through dramatic circumstances, leave the fairy kingdom and head to act two and the moon kingdom. And this is around episodes 10 to 18. This is when Dong Fan Chinsong takes Orchid to the Moon Kingdom, to Xiangyang Sea. And in this sequence, we get a lot more growth, particularly mm-hmm. on Dong Fan Chinsong's part. Because, uh, so for context, uh, the reason Dong Fan Chinsong is so powerful is because he doesn't have emotions. He has gotten rid of them, and that means that he can use Hellfire, which is the most powerful magic, and he's the only person who has mastered it in the Three Realms. But Orchid, being the grass that she is... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in this sequence, helps him bring his love tree back to life and sort of deal with the, his childhood trauma or or begin to deal with his childhood trauma with his father, mm-hmm. turning him into an emotionless person. Uh, it's a really interesting – it's when Orchid starts to be more closer to being an equal with Dong Fan Chinsong as yeah. she is doing something for him rather than him – trying to keep her alive for his own sake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I will say, just as a quick a quick poke, Moon Supreme does not make himself emotionless. That was his daddy, because his daddy <laughs> a butthole. <laughs> and I have very strong feelings about the previous Moon Supreme. Um, but yeah, this is not something that he did to himself, which I think is important, that this was something that was done to him for, quote-unquote, the sake of the Moon Kingdom, which is, I think, an mm-hmm. interesting kind of plot turn so next our next kind of act uh we have episodes 19 to 25 ish in which our band of merry thieves they're not really thieves but jaylee is yeah yeah jaylee is but black dragon jaylee moon supreme and orchid are all doing a i don't know doing a plot doing a scheme in the mortal realm mm-hmm. um and, and chung hung and Fairy Dunyan are also there, but like as mortals. Yeah, there's a there's this whole thing where like fairies can go through tribulations in the mortal realm in oh, which do they, they call have them, to. Do they call them tribulations on Netflix? Yeah, tribulations. Oh, and Vicky, they call it like the hardship experience. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that sound like a bad R and B album? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Drew Hill, the hardship experience. Oh my god! Yeah, no, they're they're tribulations on Netflix. Um, <laughs> oh, well, in which they do have to go through hardships, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's about them having to fulfill the path of the mortal. Like, okay, so really quick for some context, um, ideas about fate and destiny are huge, 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 huge in this show, um, mm-hmm. and. Orchid, I think we mentioned this in our previous episode, but Orkin, Orkin, Orchid, her job is kind of checking and fixing destiny books to make sure that people's mm-hmm. destinies are progressing as they are supposed to. So when immortals go through these tribulations, there are certain beats that they have to hit of their destiny. Um, but that makes so many hijinks ensue because people think they know what destiny actually means and then they don't. 
they get ideas in their head about how certain destinies are supposed to work. And mm-hmm. I was losing my mind because like, how can you all not see <laughs> that what you think is wrong? Um, but I will not go down that path right now. So that's kind of the third act in the mortal realm. Oh, I guess, should we say that they were looking for the immortal spirit of the old fairy war god, Chidi? Yeah, Chidi? so one of one of the threads of the show, and I think something that is important is that uh, the first war god, Chidi, so Chang'an's predecessor of the fairy realm, is the one who originally defeated Dongfang Chinsong 30,000 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And she has been having a rough old time. Ooh, because poor she- girl, man. Because she died or was supposed to die, but her student, Rong Hao, who is in the present day Chong Hong's bestie, but also, in fact, an evil son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but so he, he has been trying to bring back his master, whom he loves, through any means necessary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think one of the questions that is at the center of this drama is like, what do you do and what is it okay to do when your love has like been lost? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Rong Hao, with his with the lengths he goes to to save Chidi, I think is sort of the example of like going too far mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not thinking about what your loved one would have wanted. Yeah, would what they would have actually wanted. Yeah. But so there are a number of characters here, including Dongfeng Qingsong, including Rong Hao, who like want to get the primordial spirit of of Chidi to use for their own ends. Yeah. And I think the Mortal Realm sequence is probably my, my favorite because it's when Orchid and Dongfeng Qingsong are both reala- starting to realize that they have feelings for each mm, other, but mm-hmm, are also mm-hmm. realizing that their goals are so wildly at odds from each yeah. other that they have mm-hmm. no idea how to what make that work. Because like, mm-hmm. like Dongfang Qingsong wants to wipe out the fairy realm in retribution for what they have done to the moon tribe over the years that he's been gone and also for the many thousands of years of uh, enmity between them before that and mm-hmm, orchid mm-hmm. on the other hand while she has been kicked out of the fairy realm and they think she's a spy they're wrong she's not a spy <laughs> the spy is someone else uh, uh she doesn't want tong tong ching song to you know do a genocide so <laughs> so she's opposed to that understandably (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's a really layered and interesting section of the show i think it might be my favorite too actually i think it also has the most hijinks because so we have chidi the first god of war who ends up in basically in love with Dongfang Chinsong as her yep. mortal self because she like sort of recognize she recognizes that she knows him because mm-hmm. he killed her but she doesn't know that's why uh, I, it's a little bit more complicated than that but yeah i was going to say didn't he didn't kill her she he didn't she, kill so he hit her with hellfire and hellfire leaves a mark throughout yeah. all of your reincarnations but she she died in her final confrontation with Zhang Fanchin Song, yes. I'll say. They were legendary enemies, let's say. Yeah. If Orchid is his legendary love, then Chidi is his legendary enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Chong Hong, on the other hand, who we should say is in love with Orchid. So Orchid yes. thinks and we'll <laughs> we'll talk more about their relationship, but like Orchid thinks she's in love with Chong Hong at the beginning, and she's not. It's just that she doesn't know anybody. So <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, and but Chong Hong does know Orchid and is in love with her but thinks the best way to protect her is to keep his distance and because of that he loses her <sighs> yeah but he as his goofy ass mortal self who I thought was adorable but also the worst yeah. is in love with Fairy Orchid <laughs> as a mortal but, but we could stay and talk about the mortal the mortal realm for a long time let's get through the last two acts and then we can we can keep going so then the fourth act, we go back to the Moon Kingdom, and then this is when things start to get serious. <laughs> to put it lightly, yeah. Yeah. But so this is all this is when Orchid and Dong Fan Ching Song's relationship really gets serious. And this is sort of when they fake you out and you think it's gonna end mm-hmm. in a wedding. Mm-hmm. And it does not. Instead mm-hmm. it ends in a funeral. 
a death. <laughs> That's not funny. What the way you She's not wrong, though. And I, this is not the reaction I had when it happened. It was very upset. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so that's that's sort of the like fake out ending. And then the sort of fifth act is after Orchid comes back as the goddess and then things ensue with people pretending they know things or don't know things or whatever. And then we get to the sort of grand finale with Dong Fan Ching Song sacrificing himself to change Orchid's fate through the power of love, as one does. I feel like we're rushing through the plot. There's just so, so one of the hard things about talking about fantasy, right? Which I think Corinne and I will both appreciate is that there's so much that happens and it's like you want to give context for it all, but you can't possibly give context for it all in an analysis. Like it's not, it's not beneficial, especially if you all, you know, have already watched it. But anyhow, long story short, I imagine that they live happily ever after as fairy and devil. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess that was some context <laughs> with a little bit of analysis mixed in. Right. But I do think – so thinking back on the show in its entirety, one of the things that is very important and that we wanted to talk about is this relationship between Don Fong Ching Song and Orchid that the story turns around mm-hmm, as the mm-hmm. core of the story. Because like as we sort of mentioned, the power dynamics between the two of them are constantly shifting. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The amount of respect that they have for each other is also like grows over time. Yeah. Uh, because mm-hmm. like at the beginning, I'm not even sure if Don Fong Ching Song really sees Orchid as a person or as mm. an annoyance. <laughs> Uh, I mean, definitely as an annoyance, but the person I think is questionable. Uh, And then there's also – and this is actually something that I think the show does really well, but thinking about the ways that magic is used and deployed in various ways to sort of like level the playing ground between Mm, them a mm -hmm, lot of the mm -hmm. time. So like, for example, I want to talk – actually, I do want to talk about the heart curse and how that works. Sure, yeah. We can start there. Go ahead. Yeah, so the heart curse, for some context, is this curse that Orchid accidentally puts on Dongfang Ching-song when she releases him from prison and wakes mm-hmm. him up. And as part of this curse, he this, – so this is partially what enables the body swapping when they kiss and also get struck by lightning at the same time. <laughs> totally, totally normal thing totally to normal. happen. Happens to me all the time. <laughs> but also, like – he feels everything that she feels Mm -hmm. and also like if she is injured like if she gets a cut on her wrist he'll get a cut on his wrist in the same place and what else is there anything else that the heart curse does oh if she tells him to do something if she like gives him a command he has has to to do it it. Mm -hmm. so this is really interesting and important at the beginning of the drama because first of all moon supreme who has no emotions is used to like killing anyone who gets in his way and like is fine with it. He feels no guilt. He feels nothing. Uh, he's just making logical decisions about what he wants to do for the good of the moon tribe. So, but, but because of the heart curse, he can't just kill Orchid. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. He can't get rid of her. And that, that makes their relationship kind of interesting because it feels like for a lot of it in the beginning, he does wants to do nothing more than like throw her off the edge of Arbiter Hall, you know, and never see her again, be done with her. But, the story uses the heart curse as a way to start to build his affection for her even before his emotions are completely awakened, right? Mm-hmm. So he figures out she is a, a special plant, right? I What is it? Zishan? Yeah, she's def- he figures out that she's a grass of Zishan because the particular yeah. spell that she puts on him – Put brings like the seal of Zishan up, mm-hmm, so like he mm-hmm. recognizes that she's from like a clan that has supposedly been exterminated, right? Um, and through that, starts to he, he finds out how to cultivate a plant from Zishan and starts doing all these things for her, like bringing her to the best sunshine and all of the fairy realm and getting her fresh dew that has not touched the ground and doing all these really doting things with an air of malice (laughs) Mm -hmm. with an air of anger um but you can see through these interactions how he starts to change his opinion of her 
even though a lot of it is kind of like she's an annoying plant and I wish I could just throw her off the edge of this building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's an exchange that I have very early on. And it I think it's understandable that Orchid gets really confused about mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. this sinful immortal at, that she thinks she is is like hanging around. She's like, I let you out of prison. Why are you hanging out in my house? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> could you leave, please? Could you, could you go? Uh, but he like tells her like, oh, like, I would love nothing more to, than to kill you, but you are as important to me as my life. And he mm-hmm. means that literally, but she is un- – yeah, she understandably is like, but like, why though? <laughs> yeah, she has uh, quite a few moments where she's like, but I don't like you that way. I like Chong Hong, so please leave. Please go somewhere or turn yourself in so you go back to prison. That's also fine. But I also think something that is very interesting here is – the way that the curse gives Dong Fang Chin Song the ability to read Orchid's mind and feel her emotions. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because at the beginning, that is very important, I think, to him starting to develop or redevelop empathy to sort of mm. like recognize mm-hmm. emotions like, oh, like Orchid is sad. I would like to make her less sad. <laughs> Or, like, Orchid is happy, so, like, what can I do to make her more happy? Like, he has right. that whole, like, I will make her the happiest woman in the world. And the joke on Tumblr was, like, but in parentheses, derogatory. Uh, <laughs> but, like, as they start to develop more of a relationship beyond one forced by the heart curse, mm-hmm. it, that then becomes an intrusion for Dong mm-hmm, Fang Song mm-hmm. to have this access to how Orchid feels about things that she hasn't really consented to give him. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one way that they do mitigate that, though, um, there's a lot of, like, magic items and magic props in this show. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they pull them out of thin air, right? But it kind of feels like sometimes that when a magic prop is needed to make things work, there's a magic prop that can make it work. Um, so Orchid is able to get the, like, emotion-hiding hairpin. Yeah, they call it in the Vicky subtitles, at least, they call it the heart hidden hairpin. Yeah, I think it might be the heart ha- hair, heart hidden hairpin or something like that. But what it does pretty mm-hmm. much is that it disguises her thoughts as long as she's wearing it so that uh, Moon Supreme can't read her mind uh, or her feel her emotions. Well, I think one of the things of the drama – that is one of the ways in which the drama is very smart in the way that Dong Fang Chin Song and Orchid's relationship is developing. Because, like, they do have this whole conversation where Orchid almost dies because she gets kidnapped. This happens a lot. You get used mm-hmm. to it. Uh, and, he, <laughs> and he gets extremely angry because he's like, I told you not to leave. Like, I told you not to go anywhere. I told you to stay by my side. If you hadn't been wearing this stupid hairpin, then they wouldn't have gotten you because I would have mm-hmm, known something mm-hmm. was wrong. And she's like, well, like, I'm sorry. I know I was wrong to I was wrong to leave or whatever, but also, like, people deserve to have secrets. So, like, mm-hmm, I'm not taking mm-hmm, it off. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, an ongoing sort of not always a point of contention, but like a thing that Dong Fan Chin Song continues to grapple with. And I think one of his big moments of growth is in the mortal realm when they are yes. in this sort of like mm-hmm. will they, won't they phase where they both definitely have feelings for each other but haven't quite acknowledged them either to each other mm-hmm. or to themselves. Where he like wants to know for sure what Orchid is feeling. Where he almost replaces the heart hidden hairpin with a deep with like with a dupe, with a swap. Yeah, with a and, fake. So that mm-hmm. Orchid won't know. And then he ends up deciding not to. And that was just such a huge moment of growth for him as a character individually mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. towards them respecting each other in their yeah. budding relationship. Yeah. I will say, though, while it hides her emotions and her mind, they still have the bodily connection. Oh, yeah. Or I should say the one-way bodily connection. Um, And the show does play with that in that Moon Supreme will want to stop Orchid from doing things that will hurt her hurt her, harm her body, etc. He still kind of uses it as like, oh no, she's been cut, something is wrong kind of a thing. But also there are some moments I mean... I'm not being coy because I'm avoiding spoilers, but more like, you know, we don't necessarily need to get into all the plot beats, right? Um, But there Mm -hmm. are moments where she purposefully puts herself in harm's way in order to protect him or, you know, to gain respect or things like that. And then he makes decisions about how he bears the pain of her bearing pain as well, which were kind of interesting character moments. 
Mm-hmm. Well, so actually, I think it's worth talking very briefly, maybe as okay. a sort of wrap up to this conversation about how they come yeah, to respect yeah. each other as equals with the Fuju Cave sequence. Sure, sure, sure. So like the instance that I think Ayani was referring to. It is, is it is. In order to become the Moon Queen, because she's from the fairy realm, Orchid has to suffer in the Fuju Cave, which is like, it's this like magical ritual thing. It's horrible. It's like the worst thing she could ever or anyone could ever experience. But in but because of this enmity between their tribes, the ancestral like founder of the Moon Tribe has like declared that for a fairy to become the Moon Queen, she has to be in she has to suffer through the uh the fuju cave trial for mm-hmm, three days mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. and dong fan ching song is not about it he like wants to at this point they want to marry each other like they yes they love each other they've acknowledged this it's very cute but uh his meddling brother is like absolutely not i do not want this fairy as my moon queen <laughs> so he his brother is so annoying and yet i love him but i hate yeah, him he's, He's very cute and I love him, but also I wish he would go away sometimes. (laughs) Uh, But so it ends with Dong Fan Ching Song being like, absolutely not. I will bear all the suffering. You do not have to suffer to be with me, which I think Mm -hmm. is a really important way that their relationship, from from some of the reading I've done, like in this genre, most of the time characters do have to suffer to like earn the right to be with like a particular character. Mm. Oh, interesting. And this drama I think was very pointed in making a distinction between Orchid having to suffer to like earn the right to be with Dong Fan Ching Song versus mm. the way that she chose because she chooses to do it. Um, right. Mm-hmm. But it's to earn the right to be the moon queen and earn the respect of the moon tribe in the face of this like thousands of year grudge between these two peoples. Right. But moon Supreme already loved her. It wasn't about doing this for him. Yeah. Which I think you're right is kind of an important distinction. And, and I think one of the lines that really has stuck with me from this drama is like when Dong Pan Ching Sung was going to propose to Orchid and then she proposed first. It's very cute. Uh, but he like tries <laughs> to give grass. her all these Yeah. He tries to give her all these like expensive gifts and like to like prove his devote it's like a very ritualized sort of like uh proposal situation. But mm-hmm. in this conversation that they have later that day, Orchid is like, I don't want any fancy gifts, like you're enough. Like but what I want is respect for my choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really when they sort of like are finally on the same page. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It takes them a long time to get there, but I think it's really satisfying when they do, mm-hmm. um, which is why the fact that they can't just be together at that point in the yeah. story is very heartbreaking. <laughs> like very they get, heartbreaking. you think they finally made it and then the plot intervenes. The plot's like, haha, we sent the turtle god to tell you this wasn't going to happen and you all didn't listen to the turtle god. You thought it would be happiness. So what do you think? I'm going to ask you this live on air. We can talk a bit about the turtle god and kind of quote unquote, my destiny is to save the world. Or we can kind of turn to thinking about love between fairy and devil and what that can mean more broadly in the story's context. So part of the reason I'm asking this out loud is because the there's really so much in this show that we could have done a miniseries, I think, on love between fairy and devil. Um, mm-hmm. You know, So I want to make sure that we're touching on the things that we want to touch on while also recognizing that we do not want this to be a two-hour episode. <laughs> yeah, so I think or I mean, so going back to this question of like the importance of fate and where love mm, fits mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. fate, there's this really sort of. So I ended. I at first I like kind of was super irritated at Orchid's master for bouncing for a thousand years and leaving Orchid alone in Arbiter <laughs> Hall. <laughs> but it wasn't I ended her up, fault. <laughs> I know, but like I didn't know it wasn't her fault. But once I knew it wasn't her fault. <laughs> Like, we start to see more flashbacks with uh, the Arbiter and with um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Orchid's mm-hmm. relationship with her. And when they have this conversation, because they look at Destiny books all the time and see, like, all of these stories of mortals 
doing things that to Orchid don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Particularly, be, particularly because of love. So they have this conversation about like, well, like what? Like, is it all just fate? And her master, the arbiter, says like, no, I, like everything is fate except love. Love isn't. Love is the only thing that isn't fate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and Dong Fan Ching Song ultimately uses, I think, that loophole almost yes. to change mm-hmm. Orchid's fate because she is supposed as the sort of almost like a Christ-like figure. She is mm-hmm. supposed to die to right. defeat the evil god who we the haven't mentioned and we're, we're not going to get into that unless we talk about wrong how more but but she like her destiny and like the destiny of her people and like her ancestors has always been to to sacrifice themselves for the good of the realm and dong fong ching song it sort of intervenes in that and through the power of love yeah through the power of love uh saves orchid and then orchid again through the power of love because he almost succumbs to the evil god saves him from the evil god so that they can ultimately defeat the i don't know it's a whole thing but how how did the ending work for you in that respect aani like what did you think (sighs) So I cried a lot. <laughs> so it okay. It worked for me. I feel like the ending was perhaps the where I could see all of the threads coming together and it like hit the it, it was the least surprising part of the show for me, if that makes sense. Um, but I think mm-hmm. I was already so emotionally wrapped up and invested in all of the characters and all of the storylines. I just wanted orchid and moon supreme to be happy that Mm -hmm. i don't know i it worked it worked for me at the end of the journey that i had been on if that makes sense um Mm -hmm. i guess the one thing that i wonder about is ultimately the show has a happy ending because he comes back Right after mm-hmm. what was it five hundred years, yeah. he he returns because there was a piece of his primordial root left, and you know I'm not one hundred percent sure I wanted that. I didn't not want it. Yeah, that's kind you of know. a hot take, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I just this show was such an emotional journey for me, and there it was so much about loss and letting go and like you know, what would my beloved actually want? What do I want? That when he disintegrated, I was I was like, oh, my heart. But then we do a time jump and I'm like, oh, well, he's coming back. So they're going to be happy, which like on one hand makes me happy because they went on this whole journey. But it also just makes me think about all the other people that have lost in the show. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it would have been better or worse had he not come back. Um, I don't, I might've been singing a whole different tune. I might've been like, how could they not make him come back? How could they make them go through all this? Right. Um, And as Mm -hmm. you said earlier, Orchid and Moon Supreme often mirror each other in their stories, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not quite sure how I feel. I, I made a spicy take and then was kind of like, maybe, but we also didn't get to see them kind of enjoying that happiness either. So I, I wonder if I would have been happier to have just been left on the like, she's waiting for him to come back and then the wind blows through it. And it's like, he might return soon someday rather than him actually appearing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind yeah. of interesting that, cause I mean, I, I was satisfied with the ending and I think the sort of poeticness of Orchid sacrificing herself for him and then him sacrificing himself for sacrificing himself for her also like worked really well also really quickly we don't have to talk about it but like i am a sucker for the trope even though while i don't always love it of like someone deciding that the thing that they have to do is convince their partner that they don't love them anymore oh, <laughs> so God. like it's so hard yeah so like don fan chin song pretending that he had didn't really love orchid to save her life and then Orchid pretending as the goddess that she doesn't love or remember Dong Fong Chin Song when mm-hmm. she's just trying mm-hmm. to prevent him from suffering at her ultimate death, just like tugs on. Like, I know we always say, like, in stories like if they just talk to each other, but also, like, I understand the reasons <laughs> they didn't. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. 
But that being said, I think it would be interesting to think about what this drama would be like if it had ended as a tragedy. And I did feel like, okay, so I, I was pretty sure it wouldn't because apparently the series that it's part of, the Sweet On series, is, mm-hmm. has happy endings. Like, that's its deal. But in uh-huh. Chinese dramas, tragic endings are a possibility. Like, yeah. the, they don't have happy endings always the same way that we do a lot of the time in Western stuff. And I'm not saying it needed to be a tragedy, right? But yeah, it, more that leaving it on the whisper of his return rather than the confirmation of his return. I'm wondering how mm-hmm. that might have sat with me overall. You know, bitter, bittersweet rather than happy. Mm-hmm. So shifting the conversation a little bit, and we've kind of alluded to this, but while love between fairy and devil obviously refers to Orchid and Song Song. I think it also refers to the love between various other characters. And I think in a lot Mm -hmm. of this show is about, is an investigation of the many kinds of love. So we wanted to talk a little bit about some of those other relationships, how they are important to the show and what they tell us about love. As the second word in our podcast indicates that we do sometimes talk about. (laughs) Yeah, there's not a lot of sex in this one. So we got to pick something like really sexy. So I I was thinking I'm unhelpful as a person. But (laughs) I I realize that canonically Orchid and Dong Fun Chin Song like don't have sex. But also like in my head, they totally did at some point. I don't know when, but they definitely did. (laughs) Maybe when they were preparing to be married. Like because... They were probably sleeping in the same bed at that point, right? She wasn't, mm-hmm. like, going back to Arbiter Hall at night, like, mm-hmm. okay, bye. <laughs> no. And there, there is a way in which, because of the way that censorship works in Chinese dramas, sometimes sex does need to be, like, a lot more implied. Also, like, I'm clearly just being very dramatic here because I don't actually think that was really done in this drama. But also, like, it happened and I don't know when, but it did. <laughs> My point still stands, though. The next thing we talk about needs to be, like, a bodice ripper to to make up for the first part of our our tagline. But on the second part of our title, rather, yeah, it was funny because when I was watching it, you actually texted me that love between fairy and devil can mean many characters. And I was like, oh, who else is going (laughs) to fall in love with each other? So we, of course, have Geely and Black Dragon, (laughs) which often is a topic of conversation for just Corinne and I in life because Black Dragon is the best. I love him. He is like a golden retriever turned man dragon. Oh, he's so cute. He's just – because you think he's going to be like the scary evil henchman and then he's just like a cute little puppy dog. Yeah, he's really sweet Uh, and then falls in love (laughs) for like (laughs) – I mean, she's great. She's great. She's great. I like Jaylee a lot. But she is a spy. Um, yes. She's a spy <laughs> for an evil third kingdom that we don't talk about. Has she really? Because this story is so big. It's so big. But she's doing a spy and she's telling on uh, – she's telling everybody – well, not everybody. She's telling the leader of the Haishi about what Orchid and Moon Supreme are doing. And she keeps meddling and doing all this stuff. And Black Dragon is like – but I like being tricked by you. Won't you marry me and be my dragon wife? Um, so it's it's interesting, though. Well, you know what? Before I go down that path, do you have any feelings about Black Dragon and Jaylee? So just like from the top, I am, I will be clear, a Jaylee apologist. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're also a spy. <laughs> Look. She started stealing things and saying that the only thing she cared about was money from day one. So, I mean, you're not wrong. She was very upfront and honest about that. But so I think their relationship is really interesting. And perhaps one of the things that I do wish the drama had spent more time with at the very end is have some sort of apology or a longer process of reconciliation at the end. Because I, mm. I, I think there are, are differences in the degrees of harm that Jaylee does to the uh, to Black Dragon and to mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. 
is through her spy ways. Uh, like when she steals stuff, sometimes that's just her thing, and you just kind of have to deal with that. Uh, <laughs> but when she like is involved in orchid getting poisoned, and mm-hmm, then also. Mm-hmm. She's involved in something that makes Orchid in a lot of danger. And then when she, like, is involved unwittingly in Black Dragon's poisoning, uh, I think that's when she starts to actually feel really guilty about her actions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, I, I think she's a really complicated character. And I think because of that, her relationship with Black Dragon is really interesting because she is, she is not evil, but she is definitely problematic. No. And Black Dragon is just, like a puppy so. right and yeah and she, I, I i agree with you i really do think it would be nice if there was a longer like reconciliation process part of the reason i feel like it's a little skipped over is that orchid is pretending that she doesn't have memories and she's like i don't know who you are our friendship is in the past mm. so mm-hmm. there is not that chance to be like wow you really hurt me you know do better <laughs> in the future kind of a thing because she's pretending not to know anyone. Um, and then by the time we figure out that it actually is Orchid in there, big sacrifices are happening. So the friendship, I guess, kind of takes the back seat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so also, Geely is also uh, Orchid's best friend. Um, so in addition to being Black Dragon's love interest, she's also Orchid's bestie. So like she betrays everyone yeah but what makes her story also somewhat interesting is that she is the product of love between fairy and devil (laughs) (laughs) turns out that she and fairy denyan who i talked a bit about earlier as being the best are twin sisters separated at birth because her daddy uh fell in love with a moon tribe woman Mm -hmm. uh and Of course, that's not okay. They're not supposed to – well, I guess there's the sex, right? There are two babies that happened. (laughs) But you're not supposed to be fucking around with, you know, people from the other tribe or the other community. So Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of drama around that. Through that, Diane's father becomes indebted to the bad man that is also the one who Jaylee is spying for. And I thought that was kind of an interesting twist. I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally thought the wrong person was the twin. And Kryn was like, oh, how yeah. would you even think that person like, was like, the I'm, twin? I'm pretty sure the actress who plays Jaylee plays Jaylee's mom. They just, like, cover up her little, like, under eye mole. Yeah. <laughs> and Naomi was like, Who, who's Jaylee? What does she have to do with it? <laughs> I didn't quite say that. I didn't quite say that. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so that was, I thought, a fun way to kind of connect Jaylee to some of the goings on in the fairy realm, mm-hmm. especially to my homegirl, Fairy Dunyan. Uh, and-, and, and I think that was, so the show does a lot of work to emphasize the harm on everyone that this like ongoing war yeah. between the two kingdoms mm-hmm. has caused pretty much everyone. And I think- because one of the reasons, reasons Jaylee is, like, a spy and, like, kind of a bitch is because <laughs> she has, like, grown up as an orphan, as someone with no one to watch her back, who is mm-hmm, constantly mm-hmm. being betrayed by everyone all the time. So that the only thing that she says that she loves and trusts is money. So, like, by showing that, like, her life is a result of this rift between the two tribes, I think mm-hmm, I, I think mm-hmm. that's something else that the show is adding to I don't know, the sort of weight of like yeah. the harm that this is causing. Right. No, I, th- I think that's a, a great point. Yeah. And then also to bring that into to like very explicit relief, you have the comparison of Danyan's life as kind of like the rich pampered mean girl and mm-hmm. Jaylee who had to suffer her entire existence, but also in a way how they treated Orchid, right? Because even though Jaylee was kind of scamming Orchid there, you know, taking her <laughs> life savings to give her snake oil cures um you know Dunyan was outright kind of mean to her you know mm-hmm. um and changed her tune once you know orchid saved her life during the fairy exam but um also a note that i continue to think is one of the most hilarious things about fairy Dunyan's character and like the moment i was like oh like maybe i don't 
Maybe you're not like a boring mean girl is when Chong Hong is like the only one who thinks that Orchid isn't a spy and Fairy mm-hmm. Danyan is the only one who goes and like to see him and is like, yeah, she's not a spy. Like I hate her and she's annoying, but like she's definitely not a spy. <laughs> I still hate her though, but yeah, she's still okay. the worst. <laughs> So yeah, to kind of round out this part of the discussion a little bit, the the show does a good job of talking about the legacies of pain that get in the way of love and loving relationships, mm-hmm. uh, which which I think is very well done. You know, it was funny because I didn't like Dunyan's father for most of the thing. I was like, you're ineffectual. You're just here. You just go along with the what the leader of the fairy kingdom says and try to get your daughter out of trouble. But towards the end, when you find out kind of what he went through and how he tried to protect the mother of his children and all that kind of stuff, I was actually really, I don't know, touched with how he reacted to finding out that Jaylee was his daughter and bringing him into bringing her into their home and, you know, saying you guys have to watch out for each other now that I've, now that I'm going to be condemned to die and all this other different kind of stuff. So Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And another, we don't have to dwell on it, but I think another sort of like love between fairy and devil relationship <laughs> that is important to the show is like the friendship between Orchid and Black Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the show isn't just about Orchid and Dong Fang Song. It is also about Orchid developing relationships and friendships yes. with, yes. like, with Jili, who's in the Moon Tribe, with Black Dragon, with even, even with, uh, Dong Fang Ching Song's annoying little brother. <laughs> like, it's it, it's sort of about building bridges at all levels, not just in her romantic relationship. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are a lot of other very interesting kind of friendship relationships in this story. Mm-hmm. I know I keep coming back to Danyan, but it's because she's one of my favorites. So she, in the beginning, I think, as we've mentioned, is in love with Chong Hong. And make some decisions that are perhaps not the best for the greater good, but are based on her jealousy around his feelings for Orchid and her feeling like she's not able to kind of get in his good graces um, in the way that she wants. But over the course of the show, they really develop a friendship Mm -hmm. that is not based around her, like, romantic desires for him but Mm -hmm. about respecting each other as people and the lengths that they will go for the people that they care about and one of the fun fun parts of the show is that they both go on their tribulation to the mortal realm at the same time and Mm -hmm. fairy danyan becomes chong hong's mortal bestie but she's Mm -hmm. a dude yeah (laughs) there there is this very hilarious moment where like I mean, it's because Julie recognizes Fairy Dinian as her sister or, like, as someone she should know but doesn't, like, actually recognize who she is. So she, yes. like, has, like, a flirtation with Fairy Dinian as, like, Cricket, the, mul- oh, the cricket, like, mortal yeah. boy or the mortal <laughs> man. And there's this – this is, like, an aside, but there's this very hilarious – well, two hilarious moments. One where <laughs> – one where uh, Geely and Black Dragon, like Black Dragon is like super jealous of Geely being into cricket. <laughs> and he's like, but I am the most stupid. Because <laughs> she's like, oh, I like him because he's so stupid. <laughs> and he's so offended by this. And like she always calls him stupid Black Dragon. And it is very difficult for me to refer to Black Dragon as anything besides stupid Black Dragon because that's his name in my head. But the other is when Orchid tells Geely that like you know that cricket is like a lady fairy in the fairy realm right and Geely's like I don't know I, I don't care it's fine and I was like I don't know how but this is gay <laughs> somehow <laughs> like Geely has like a lot of chaotic bisexual energy I think even if it is not canonical like that is who she is in my head but I support it and I support <laughs> you in your your head cannons. Yeah, this is also part of the reason why Danyan is my favorite. Um, because mm-hmm. Cricket is also so very opposite of who she is in, yeah. in the fairy realm that I think it gives her some perspective on who she is and what she wants. Mm-hmm. It, it's very – so it also, I think, is really – the mortal realm sequence is very important for everyone, but especially for Fairy Danyan and especially for Chong Hong to yes. decide – 
who to figure out who he is and what he wants because I also think so we haven't really we've mentioned Chong Hong a number of times but we haven't really talked about his function as the second male lead mm. oh yeah let's talk about it so I don't know what what did you th- what was your first impression of Chong Hong and like how did he sort of how did your impression of him change throughout the show? So you all can't see my face, but I just rolled my eyes because, like, he could not compare to the Moon Supreme from the beginning. He's very straight-laced. He's very, like, my big mm-hmm. brother says I have to do the war god thing, so that's what I'm going to do. And <laughs> one trope that I personally get annoyed about is, like, I'm going to be not so much I already love you and I have to make you not love me, but, like... I've got to pretend that I don't know you and don't like you, even though I love you. So he would do things to purposefully drive Orchid away because he felt like he was protecting her. Um, And I was like, man, she's falling in love with this mean dude over here. You You have no chance. So like, for example, when she passed the fairy exam with flying colors, he was like, you're a good fairy. Here's this magical rock that I have. And she was like, <laughs> wow, magic rock. I'm so excited. But then he like crosses her name off the list of fairies that can work in like the king in the capital, let's say, right? Because he's like, I've got to make sure that Orchid and I have distance from each other. So he's like actively meddling in her life and in her happiness because he thinks that's the right thing to do. But then she's miserable and constantly feels like she's getting mixed signals from him and all this kind of stuff. So like, I didn't, I didn't like him in the beginning. I thought he was boring, but he got so much more interesting after his tribulations in the mortal realm because Mm -hmm. he was like, wait, no, the way we do things is fucked (laughs) and now i see that and now i'm gonna try to be better and be different so i liked him a lot more after that kind of mid sequence Mm -hmm. what about you so i i'm more gonna compare the first time i watched the drama to the second time i watched it because it was really interesting the second time around knowing where his character ends up seeing Mm -hmm. how he begins because there are a lot of ways in which he is the hero of uh, – he's not the hero of this drama, but he is the right. hero of a drama. Mm-hmm, and he is mm-hmm. pr- probably the hero of a lot of, like, of a lot of dramas in this genre that uh, these kinds of actions of, like, pushing Orchid away to protect her. Because he is engaged – he has a longstanding engagement to the goddess who has disappeared, who, you know, turns out to be Orchid, but nobody knows Orchid, that yeah. at the time. And he, like – does all these things ostensibly to protect her, which and I think other dramas would be rewarded. Mm. And in this drama are not, which I think is kind of a, not a statement on the part of the drama, but a way that the drama is subverting some Zanzia tropes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think Chong Hong is interesting because A, he's never really appealing as a second male lead in opposition to Dong Fan Chin Song. Mm-mm. But he, so... Chong Hong, I think, is interesting because there's a moment when he comes back because he keeps trying to rescue Orchid. Like, yes. he is the only person, except for Fairy Dunyan, who believes that she is not a spy That because the Dog Fountain song, like, rescues Orchid in this very public way that does, in fact, make it look like she is a spy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but he, like, refuses to believe it, keeps trying to rescue her. And something that I like about him is that when she says, no, I'm not going back with you i'm staying with uh dong fang chin song he listens to her and he like he does respects what she says Mm -hmm. and he i think gets it's like he gets more layers to his personality instead of being just like the good guy he like gets more interesting and and is willing to rebel against his shitty dictatorial older brother i hate that man but in in a show he's probably a perfectly fine man in real life but (laughs) Something that stood out to me as well in my second watch is when he comes back from the mortal realm, he stands up to his older brother to protect Orchid again, like in a Mm -hmm, very public mm -hmm, way. mm -hmm. And then he has this monologue where he asks to be sent to the fairy guillotine. Do they have that in the Netflix songs? Oh, they call it the immortal killing pavilion. Okay, and the, on Vicky, they, they call it the fairy guillotine. <laughs> okay, look, so as a grass, I'm very glad that I got that expression as a grass from watching the Vicky, but some of these translations are like a lot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, like their their method of execution is inspired by the French Revolution. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but he says that like before – 
before he met Orchid and before he like before he fell in love with her, his life was like the frozen North Sea and didn't have any colors in it. And mm. then and then after meeting Orchid and after living this mortal life where he had like brothers and like mm-hmm. friends and had this whole and didn't have to live in this sort of like upright perfect thing that he that he didn't and couldn't go back to that and he would literally rather die mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than have to do that and I think it just sort of ties into this question and obviously Chong Han doesn't end up dying at all, or but especially not at that moment. But I think it ties into this question of like, what do you do when love or when your hope of love is lost? Because that's also mm, when mm-hmm. Chong Hong is dealing with like the reality that Orchid doesn't love him. Orchid isn't coming back or Orchid is going to marry Dong Fang Jin Song. And mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I think it is interesting and not perhaps admirable that – so it's it's less that he wanted to die and more that he couldn't imagine living forever alone because I, I think this mm-hmm. question of like forever is also important here. It's not just like a mortal yes. lifespan. It's forever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. What do you think, Ayani? No. I, well, there was something that you said that I wanted to kind of pick up and run with, right? Because – one of the things, again, that I like about this drama is the way that it twists the ending away from what you expect is going to happen. And Chong Hong gets the, oh, what's the term? Is it the Pyrrhic victory, in a sense, in that we all know he was failing as a second male lead, but after Orchid pretends to lose her memories and comes back as the goddess, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the role of the goddess is to marry the god of war in part to unlock some super extra magic goddess powers to be able to kill the evil god. So he gets to marry the girl that he has loved for centuries, but it's mm-hmm. not the girl that he's loved for centuries. And Moon Supreme is like, oh, you bet you must be happy now. You you won, you get to marry Orchid. And he's like, What kind of man do you think I am? You know, this is not the woman that you nor I fell in love with. How can you think that I'm happy? You know, especially mm-hmm. since she made it very clear that Moon Supreme was the one that she loved, right? Mm-hmm. So I also was really kind of touched by that and getting to see those additional layers of uh Chang as a character. Their wedding, of course, does not go through. It gets interrupted. And it turns out that Orchid can unlock her magical goddess powers with the Moon Supreme also. Didn't 100% explain why, but I'm going to say it's the power of love again. Power of love, power of love. Um, <laughs> checks out. <laughs> checks out. He unlocks him also some magical fire, too. It was there was magic happening everywhere. But, but, but I really kind of like that reversal of, like, Chang Hong getting what he wanted but it's absolutely 100% not what he wanted at all mm-hmm. and I think the drama here sort of connecting this as well to Rong Hao and Chidi a little bit is like drawing a distinction between love and possession mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because Chong Hong never really wanted to possess Orchid I think no. which is an mm-hmm. important distinction and if he had he could have like it, it orchid is very clear. It's like, like I am a weak fairy. If you would like to keep me here or to take me, like you can. I can't stop you, but I don't want that. So he doesn't do mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that is very important. But also something. So orchid has this speech at the end where she talks about. <laughs> it's very on the nose, but she talks about the power of love and how it like affects various characters. Mm. And there's this shot because I did she- like that piece speech though. <laughs> okay, it's very nice, and it's especially very nice if you've just been weeping for forty five minutes, which I was. I really quick. <laughs> I really qu- I know we already talked about the ending, but I didn't mention this. I did one of those like open mouth, I'm making noises, I'm sobbing so hard cries. So hearing Orchid talk about people being happy in love was nice and gave my eyes a break. Yeah, but Please so- continue. <laughs> <laughs> but the two characters who don't really get a happy ending are Rong Hao and Chidi, the mm, first god of mm-hmm. war. And I think they're worth talking about very briefly because – Rong Hao 
So Chidi was Ronghao's master and teacher, and she had been dead for 30,000 years, and he resorted to nefarious schemes that we're not going to get into in order to bring her back, but we're there not- was a cloud, an evil cloud involved. <laughs> uh, but they were not ethical and involved <laughs> the murder and torture of many fairies. Understatement of, like, the century. <laughs> he, he did not look at his book on fairy ethics before engaging with the evil cloud lightning god. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. But so he, in his sort of unhinged quest to get Chidi back – didn't think about what she would want and what price she would want him to pay in order mm-hmm. to bring her back. And he, in turn, didn't think about what price she would have to pay mm-hmm. if she came back under such circumstances. And basically, mm-hmm. when she comes back, she is not sane. No. She does not have, like, full possession of her faculties. She, like, goes on killing sprees, which she is not about. Because she is a very, like, upright woman. Fantasizes about killing people, too. Yeah, it's she gets the shortest stick out of like the whole drama, I think. Mm-hmm, she also mm-hmm. like for these 30,000 years has been living a thousand mortal lives that were all deeply shitty. All terrible, all terrible. And also come back to haunt her in her dreams or not even when she's awake, she hears the screams of her prior selves and in, yeah. in their various terrible circumstances. So like in the end, Rong Hao in decides to kill Chidi like at her request and also to prevent her from being take fully taken over by the evil god and then also uses his primor the the last of his primordial spirit to like he can't he can't stop the evil god the evil god is too powerful but to like prevent the evil god from taking over Chidi mm-hmm. and it's really i think that's like I was way more touched by their deaths than I thought mm. I would be. It was a sort mm-hmm, of like tragic, mm-hmm. sad love that was tragic and sad because the means that Rong Hao was trying to use toward his desired end were not okay. Yeah, yeah. And I also do want to make a point here that I didn't read it as romantic love at all. Chidi hmm. had brought yeah, It was like teacher-student love, but like... Yeah, because she had brought him from the mortal realm. He was... a a boy who lived on the street playing music for money and he died from hypothermia uh, in the snow. And she brought him to the mortal realm uh, and revived him actually, and kind of paid a dear price to revive him. The way that the story seemed to say is that the fact that she went through all this shit with the evil cloud God and that wrong, was doing all this stuff. It was because she revived him in the first place. And there's always a price to be paid when you bring somebody back from the dead. With, mm-hmm. Unless you're like the goddess and have life powers, right? Um, yeah, but c- circling back really quickly, the reason why I thought about it is in Orchid's sort of voiceover speech at the end. She also said there's like a shot of their mm. graves, and she mm-hmm. says like love brought like that love basically brought like Rong Hao back from the brink of doing the worst possible like someone who had gone astray from doing the worst thing. Like love is what mm. brought him back from doing that. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot going on in this show. There is a lot going on in this show. And I think part of the reason it works so well, and I guess we've said that, is that all of these relationships are developing like in tandem and like side by side. Mm. So at the same mm-hmm. time as you see Dong Fong Chin Song, ostensibly the worst demon devil person in like the entire fa- fairy realm, doing quote unquote evil things, like being like very respectful <laughs> of Orchid, <laughs> you also see. <laughs> wrong how not being very respectful of like what Chidi would have wanted so it Mm -hmm. seeing all these relationships side by side and the ways they compare and the ways that they resonate or don't resonate with each other is really effective it's really effective storytelling yeah i agree i agree we could talk about this show as i said for eons but i think this is a good place for us to kind of pause and stop and wrap up any last feelings, thoughts, reactions? It's just a really good show, and I think it's going to stick with me for a while. Yeah, I think it'll stick with me, too. I think it'll stick with me, too. As a grass, I would like to know <laughs> what you all think about love between fairy and devil. As I said, I was emotionally destroyed and brought to the brink and did a lot of crying. Um, but 
we would like to hear what you think about it. And there are a lot of places where you could tell us about those things. Right now, we might be living in the last days of Twitter. <laughs> but you <laughs> can still- Who knows if Twitter will exist by the time we post this? Who, who knows? But as of recording, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at sexlovelit. We're technically on Facebook. I saw someone liked something on Facebook the other day, also at sexlovelit, but- we don't be using Facebook that much, so. You know, if, if Twitter dies, maybe we'll give it another shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. But this has been our discussion of love between fairy and devil. Do we know what we have coming up for our next episodes? We do not. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to wing it because it's the end of the year and we're both busy, busy people. Um, I do know that I saw that um, – the third season of His Dark Materials is dropping. Uh, so we are going to be watching that and we're definitely going to have a conversation about it, but that might not be the next thing that comes up. We'll see. Yeah, also, also keep an eye out for our New Year's episode where we talk about media that we've liked in the past year and media that we're looking forward to in the next that will drop in January. But this has been Sex Love Literature. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Because I think we gave some description about like tribulations, and I think that's when we're like they call them the hard times in Mortal Time City or whatever you <laughs> fucking call them. <laughs> the hardships, the hard times in Mortal Time City. <laughs> that's better. <laughs> so this is why I'm a writer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the fairy guillotine. <laughs> Ooh, maybe we stick this at the end of the episode. That that was funny. <laughs> <laughs>